welcome to Wine Road, the wine, when, and where of Northern Sonoma County. I'm your host, Marcy Gordon, with Beth Costa, Executive Director of the Wine Road. Welcome to Episode 110. Today, our guest is Oded Sheked from Longboard Winery. Is the winemaker and the owner. The winemaker and the owner. Did I get your name right, Oded? I'm sorry if I... <laughs> Absolutely right. It's part of the charm is that we make it hard for people to pronounce I, my name. <laughs> I think I gave you an extra accent there, but <laughs> but welcome to the Wine Road Podcast. We're glad you're here. Thank you. And so in true fashion of the uh, Wine Road Podcast, we like to start our mornings with a little um, wine of the day. And I thought, uh, since it's morning when we're recording, I swung by the taste room and I picked up a bottle of the 2019 Sauvignon Blanc. So that's what we're going to have this morning. So I'm going to pour a little here for Marcy and I'm going to pour a little for myself. So tell us, uh, Oded, what what do we need to know about this uh, Sauvignon Blanc of yours? Well, Sauvignon Blanc is is a, a, a variety that uh, I discovered long ago, actually, on, on my surf trips to Europe. It's one of those wines that just uh, I discovered, of course, in France, in, in the Sancerre area, and then I had some in Bordeaux. But it's one of those things that uh, if I'm thinking lunch, that's usually if there's a good Sauvignon Blanc on the uh, yeah. menu somewhere, I'm, I'm just happy. I smile. <laughs> uh, it goes great with stuff that you know that's not too heavy, and uh, you know, great summer salads, springs. Uh, uh, I love uh, things like mussels and clams and stuff like that. So perfect. It's so- just perfect uh, with that. Uh, per- perfect with salads, with quiches, with, with lots of stuff. And um, I think there's about uh, I'd say right now. Uh, you know, three major styles. It's, it's the, the New Zealand one, the Sancerre one, and the traditional California one, which is a little bit grassy and uh, has been described before as having like, you know, a little bit of a cat piss right. uh, uh, character. And uh, being about, uh, you know, longboard, there's, you know, one word that uh, describes what we try to do, uh, and that is balance. So I try to balance all these three components. Uh, I, would, I wish I could make it from there, but I can't. I live in California. <laughs> so uh, I'm trying to have components of all these three elements and create a very balanced wine. And that's probably one of our most popular wines other than the, the sparklings and the Syrah and, and some, well, we make six different Syrahs. But what makes this wine uh, our style is the fact that about 15 to 20% of the wine gets fermented in neutral barrels, not totally neutral, but not very uh, aggressive barrels. And mm-hmm. the rest is fermented in stainless steel tanks, which reverse, preserves the uh, fruitiness. And we then combine the lots together and uh, release this wine. Well, this one, this year we actually released in the same year it was uh, um, harvested because we just ran out of the previous vintage, which is uh, lucky for us. Um, it's, it's really one of our more popular wines, and it's priced right. It's only $25, and uh, we do really well with this wine. People just uh, buy it by the case. I love the aromatics on this. This is just beautiful. It's got that really herbaceous and very floral. I actually reviewed this for our varietal of the month a couple of months ago, uh-huh. and I'm, this is one of my favorite Sauvignon Blancs. It's It's also... It's got that great acidity and minerality, but it also has a little of a peach, a little bit of a creaminess, and that could right. be from your two um, yeah. fermenting methods. That's absolutely right. The barrels are all white barrels that are a little older, so they don't have too much oak, but they, you, you, hit, 
hit it right on the uh, on the head. You know, right head on the barrel the head. <laughs> right on the barrel head. It's that creaminess, that little bit of creaminess, but still preserving the natural acidity. At, you know, it's always uh, you know about thirteen four, thirteen five alcohol, so we don't over extract the wines. And that peachy, uh, or in almost sometimes you get a little bit of a citrus blossom yes. aroma on it. Yeah, we want to have that, but we don't want it to be nothing but fruitiness. That's more the New Zealand style, the gooseberries, just like that's a little too much for me. So I'd like to have it against a little minerality, a little balance, and, and, and a long aftertaste. That's also something yeah, that I Yeah, great long finish. To. It has yeah. a little bit of that Asian pear, too. I think this is really right between lean and a little bit full. It's a beautiful, beautiful wine. Thank you. That's exactly what we're trying to do. I'm enjoying it for my breakfast wine. Yeah. (laughs) I I like you said that it makes you happy. And I thought I'd be happy if I ever could say in my life on one of my surf trips. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Yeah. That is awesome. That's a nice offhand remark. (laughs) I know. I can think, did anybody notice that? Yeah, on one of my surf trips. Well, longboard, you got to have a surfing. Yeah, exactly. So tell me what's happening in the tasting room now that we can open up and have visitors come to see you. Do you, you know, they make a little reservation and, and how's it, what's the setup there at Longboard right now? So the setup is a uh, currently that reservations are required. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, when we started, uh, there was a requirement of having food and lucky enough, we have a permit and we were allowed to serve um, prepackaged food. Uh, we have, uh, uh, so we're still, still doing it, but right now it's not required, but reservations are required so we mm-hmm. can space people Mostly people like to sit outside, especially uh, later in the afternoon when we have shade in the uh, uh, side of the building that faces east. Um, if you didn't know, Longboard uh, sits in in, uh, in between the bridge in Hillsburg and the downtown, uh, right uh, in the area of, you know, by the railroad track. Um, it's a building that has quite a bit of history. It used to be a cannery in the 1800s, and then became Claude Dubois Winery, and then Selby and Arista were here, and we've been here since '05. So it's a, you know, it's like an urban winery. We actually make the wine in here, but our vineyards are on West Side Road, where we don't have a permit for tastings. So uh, we have uh, tables outside, and actually they're spaced more than six feet apart. Uh, so groups of uh, six and, yeah, possibly eight can sit together if they're from the same household, and uh, we can serve them there. And uh, and then we have uh, a few. Uh, we, we, of course, don't serve on the bar, uh, on the tasting bar, but we do have in the cellar uh, two or three tables that are uh, spaced of more than 15, 20 feet apart. Yeah, so you, have big, small groups. you have a big space. Yeah, you've got a good there. setup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's nice where you're located. It's walking distance from if people come to Hillsburg and are just walking around the town square, you, you're actually walking distance. Absolutely. Know? And we're also open. We close at 6, so we take last appointments at 5. Um, so if people are wanting to have a glass of wine, and uh, you can either have a tasting or you could just come and even buy either a bottle or uh, wine by the glass. By a glass, uh-huh. Um, one of the things that's very, very popular is, of course, the uh, sparkling wine. Um, the main two main ones we make are the Brut and the Brut Rosé. We also make a zero dosage wine, and it's kind of gaining popularity. It's a little expensive because it's aged five years on the yeast. Nice. But, uh, um, you know, that's, uh, that's what it takes for uh, specialty stuff. Nice. So uh, 
were you fairly busy during all of the shelter in place or did you have some time to do anything extra or different that you don't normally get to do? So we were very busy through March. That's also when we do a, a, a lot of a big wine club shipment. Oh, yeah. Uh, March and, and April. And then uh, April, of course, was uh, uh, everything stopped. So, you know, we were... Uh, suddenly had to furlough uh, all the employees except one, and we kept on just doing uh, online orders and a couple of promotions, and people were doing curbside pickups, and uh, that was that was really really slow. But we kind of caught up on. Uh, I was going to work every day because you know you gotta you know to winery you gotta keep right. on <laughs> have to be there. tending to things. But I did have also time to, uh, of course. Uh, uh, Read some books at home and uh, work on the yard and, and all kind of projects at home, paint the house. So there's always stuff to do. Now we're getting busy again, but we're uh, now closed on the Tuesdays, Wednesdays. And uh, unless somebody, if we happen to be here, we might make an appointment on those days. But we're open now Thursday through Monday from 11 till uh, um, closing time. And we are, I'd say we'll never get too busy, so it's comfortable because what matters for us the most is, of course, the uh, interaction with our customers. We want everybody to have a great experience, so we don't want to have, you know, huge crowds in here. We, we're really right. comfortable with, you know, two or three groups at, at a time at the most. That's what I've sort of been talking to people about, um, the people that call the Wine Road office or email me. I, I try to say how, yes, everyone has to have a reservation now, but and it's going to be different. You're going to show up and the winery people are going to have a mask on and you need your mask on until you taste. But it really is going to be almost an elevated tasting experience because it is totally personalized. You're going to have your own little seating area and the, you know, the tasting room winery people are really going to be catering to you and your little table. So um, I think the experience when you come is still going to be absolutely fantastic. And it's still the most beautiful wine region really in the world. It's, so it's, it's definitely worth the trip. I, I absolutely agree. And I actually uh, agree with you, especially on the uh, seated tasting. It's way more fun because to just have people standing in the bar, you know, that you almost can't avoid the connotation of, a, you know, a bartender and people right, sitting right. at the bar. And that's not what wine is all about. Even though we have people, you know, sit on stools and have food with them when that uh, happened, I... I I almost would rather we didn't go back to opening the bar for tasting. Of course, we will. But uh, it's way more fun when it's a seated tasting. Yeah, and you're taking your time, and and I think you're really kind of savoring the experience more. You're not going to get to seven wineries. You're going to go to maybe two or three and really enjoy each wine that you taste at each winery. And just, you know, it's more of an experience. True. Out on your uh, property on West Side Road, so are you a gardener also? Do you by chance have a veggie garden or... Absolutely, absolutely. So right now, <laughs> uh, actually, I've been planting. I just planted a new uh, a second fig tree. I planted uh, oh some pineapple guava and something called fijoya. I don't know if you know. It's called Suriname cherry. So these are things that come from my childhood in Israel. Things that as kids we'd always like to go to the homes that have hedges with stuff like that and eat those when they arrive because it's delicious. Um, and of course, I have a couple of different types of corn. I am totally addicted to padron peppers, of course, <laughs> tomatoes. Uh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I always have a garden going on for the summer. Where we record here at Threshold Studios out in Sebastopol, uh, Richard has a pineapple guava. And that tree, I mean, I fell in love with that tree the first time I saw it because it was in bloom. 
Mm-hmm. And the flowers are so beautiful. So now I have three of them that I planted a couple of years ago. You know, I bought them as small little one-gallon plants, and yep. they're they're about six feet tall already. Oh, my gosh. I love them. I'm so That's excited about them. So you, you're training them as trees or as bushes? Or they're, as right it? now they're bushes, and I, I can't decide where they're planted if I'm going to want to kind of cut it up a little bit more. But I sort of want them as a bush. Oh, oh. and, and the, the fruit is delicious when it's it ripe. It is delicious. I know. I'm so excited. What's yeah. one of your favorite dishes you make of, of Israeli dish, Dad? Do you cook a lot? Oh, yeah, definitely. So, uh, you know, whenever we have our wine club party, um, usually we end up, the, the employees end up uh, uh, working really late. So people used to just camp in my house, and it's almost <laughs> a traditional thing for me in the morning to make them shakshuka, which is like an Israeli breakfast. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I do. I make uh, stuff all the time, whether it's, uh, you know, my uh, oldest son, just lo- uh, youngest son, sorry, loves shawarma, and I always make uh, hummus and tahini and mm. uh, sabich and, and, and uh, uh, just get inspired by, you know, the, the climate is so similar. It's, similar. it's colder here, but it's still Mediterranean, uh-huh. so... We have a lot of the same ingredients. Yeah. The hardest thing is to find a really good pita bread. So many times I have to just make my own uh, because the stuff <laughs> you buy here in, in in the supermarket or in stores is, is that's not. It's not uh, real. Not real. <laughs> uh, no. We went to a great, uh, Beth and I once in Pennsylvania, went to a fabulous uh, Israeli restaurant that won the James Beard Award. Um, and we just had the most wonderful time, all the different Mediterranean dishes. We, Of course, I ordered a wine with every dish, but it's such a great pairing um, food. That cuisine yes. is wonderful with wine. Yes, absolutely. And uh, a lot of veggies, not too much, not too heavy on the uh, meat, so that, that works well. Yeah, nice. We'll come on over to eat. <laughs> okay, we'll do. We'll do. Actually, Beth probably has been here. Uh, in, you know, when uh, we had the food and wine affair going on, we've yes. had Israeli-inspired cuisine quite a few times. And uh, one of the things, I mean, I know so many Israeli chefs that work in the Bay Area that uh, I have played uh, with the idea of having an Israeli food summit here at some point. Oh, but, what an uh, awesome idea. That is awesome, yeah. Yeah, but I, of course we'll have to wait until we can actually yeah, do yeah. Can do it safely. <laughs> put that on hold. We have so many ideas now yep. <laughs> that we can't do. <laughs> have any new releases that are on deck or do you have you know what's, what's so we just had the, the release of our water girl rosé which is uh, usually uh, disappears by uh, uh, right, right by the end of summer it's uh, pretty much gone uh, and that is just delicious you know rosé is a great summer wine and I'm glad that uh, it's becoming fashionable we, we only produce about 200 cases and we're just about getting ready to disgorge another batch of Brut Rosé and Brut, so big mm. bubbles. Sounds good. And those are, I'm so happy to see that finally American uh, palate is kind of um, treating uh, bubbles as uh, something you can have every day, not just when you go to a wedding and somebody right. shoves a glass to your hand. Um, it's the most versatile of wines. Uh, that's it, the thing. It, is, it goes with absolutely everything. Yeah. What yeah. A, what grape are you making the rosé out of? Just Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. Uh, ours is, uh, again, small quantities are very, very unique. Uh, I don't know if you know, but my background, of course, my first 18 years in the industry was 
with a sparkling wine producer, a traditional champenoise producer. And what I always wanted to do was, uh, uh, you know, kind of a grower champagne, they, they call it in, in, mm-hmm. in, in France, like a small producer. So, you know, champagne ferments twice. And uh, in this case, my first fermentation, rather than happening in stainless steel tanks, all happens in neutral old barrels. So I get barrels that were used to uh, ferment Chardonnay, and they're like 6 to 10 years old. And that's where I ferment my base Chardonnay and Pinot Noir wines in uh, for the first fermentation. And then I blend them. I use some, I always have some wine, some mostly Chardonnay in reserve. We blend it, uh, boil it again in the bottles, and let them sit three to five years. So it's a very, very unique sparkling wine in that, uh, again, that creaminess and minerality uh, that you see in Sauvignon Blanc. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a twist on that. Uh, what it allows me to do uh, is to release uh, um, sparkling wines, method wines that are, one of them is bone dry, absolutely no dosage when it's disgorged, and the other two are barely a brute, so they're really, you know, just a 0.6%. Sounds yeah. wonderful. They yeah. are amazing. I keep. I've done a lot of quality control for. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank I'm, a, you. I'm a team player. <laughs> and you're right. It's one of the most versatile wines. I mean, other than barbecue, you could you really match it with a lot of other stuff. Um, other than that, we have, uh, uh, you know, uh, right now the some of the other than Pinot Noir and Syrah and Cab that, and of course our Merlot, which has always been one of our. Um, unique things because it's a field blend, very old Merlot, it's a Merlot Malbec blend. But the newest one is the uh, Carignan, which is a variety that not many people know. No, there's not a uh, lot. This comes from an 88-year-old vineyard in Mendocino County, so it's an old vine Carignan, and it is such a food-friendly wine. It's, it's, a, it's one of those wines that if it's a super hot day, like today it would be, you could actually take that red wine and put it in the fridge for like 10, 15 minutes, mm-hmm. and it'll go great with like whatever you're cooking on the grill or salad you're having, because it does have that little bright cherry and good acidity that's, uh, and it's not too alcoholic, it's not too heavy. So we'll have to, we don't, I don't think we've done Carignan as our varietal of the month yet, have we? No, please, no, let's so do it. So we'll have to do that, because I don't, I don't know that people are super aware of it. And we probably have about, I don't know, maybe seven or eight wineries in our area that are producing that. Black Bay Carignan, that's right. Yeah. You know that it used to be the most planted red variety on the planet? Oh, my Lord, no. It used to be, but uh, then, of course, in uh, areas where you can get high production, you know, people, right. it's always tempting to get 12 tons an acre, and then it makes it just a, you know, a generic. Right, know. right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I feel like everybody's uh, trying to almost do double duty at work because we've had so many changes and the shutdown on this and that, but... Do you have any time off schedule? Are you, do you have a surf trip planned? Do you have something? <laughs> are you going to be able to get a getaway sometime this summer? No, just hopefully just local stuff, maybe yeah. a day or two. Okay? And when I can, I try to go, with, uh, especially if we, when we're closed Tuesday, Wednesday, I try to, you know, just sneak out to the beach and, and uh, uh, just chill out and recharge my spiritual batteries. Mm-hmm. Um uh, when you're on a winery and, you know, you're now uh, operating with less people, you can't just leave. Right. Although right now in the vineyard, it's a, it's a good time to leave because there's not much to do right now other mm-hmm. than we just finished uh, some uh, leaf thinning. And, and uh, right now it's a time to just leave the grapes alone, wait for the color change, and then start counting the back to days to, to harvest. Yeah. <laughs> um, and usually June is when I do get away. And then I was supposed to be in Greece with my family, but... 
That ain't going to happen. No, that's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah, and we're talking about your family. You have a little grandbaby, right? Yep. Yeah, I just turned three in March. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that has been awesome. I can't wait to actually put him on a stand-up paddleboard. <laughs> yeah. That would be great. Yeah, cool. Rather than surfing, I'm doing really more stand-up paddling, uh, whether it's on the river or uh, Lake Sonoma. Um, uh, but surf trips, I mean, it's just uh, we're going to have to wait until we deal with this pandemic. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Uh, um, it's really important to, uh, uh, you know, keep yourself healthy. Right. Yes. You know, the, the stand-up paddleboard thing at Lake Sonoma, that's, I have a lot of friends who do that on a pretty regular basis. You'd like that's it, Beth. Cool. You could actually drink wine on a stand-up paddleboard. <laughs> you probably could, but you probably wouldn't be able to paddle that long. Yeah. Well, <laughs> like the we just have gum. to entice her with one, and then we'll get her to the other. Yeah. yeah. I like to sit in my garden and do nothing and drink wine. That's, that's my... Yeah. Drinking wine is more fun when you're just tubing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so I love live up in Cloverdale, so I have a good route that I can park at one end of the park and and raft down. It takes about two hours to the other end and walk back to my car. So yeah. Oh, perfect. Do you have a book you want to talk about? I do. Marcy? I have a book today. Hold on. We have our book of the day. So this, uh, you know, I love kind of geeky books about wine. This isn't almost for everybody, but it's called Beyond Flavor, and it's the subtitle is The Indispensable Handbook to Blind Wine Tasting. Now, most of our listeners and consumers aren't tasting blind, but this book has some very excellent tips and discusses the shape of a tannin or the shape what wines have. So it's not just the flavor, but that his proposal... Oh, and it's by Nick Jackson, and he's coming from a blind tasting perspective. But I was just looking at the Sauvignon Blanc page. He talks about how the minerality, how in the mouth it feels almost spiky, depending on where it's grown, different aspects that create this shape and the profile of a flavor. And I just found this, of course, <laughs> I love this kind of She's stuff. She's fascinated. It's just that the, how acidity level can be determined just as much as tannin level in terms of a shape and a profile. Do, do you find that true, Odette, in, in your winemaking? I, I'm always interested because, you know, I always treat wine as, as like, you know, a kid playing, you know, with a, a barefoot in, in, in a puddle with mud and water and whatever. <laughs> it's all about texture. It's all about learning. It's all, I try to never just uh, stick to formulas. So I never thought about it as a, uh, I mean, we do say that a wine is angular or whatever, but uh, without having read the book, I, I don't really know exactly what he's talking about, but it sounds a, a great way to describe something. I mean, wine is a subjective issue anyhow, and uh, but it definitely sounds a very interesting way of approaching it. Um, it also uh, talks about where in the mouth, in the palate, a particular <laughs> wine will hit. So mm -hmm. from the perspective of blind tasting... If you take a sip and you maybe feel it in the gums or in the back of the palate, it's just talking about all the clues and the pointers for blind tasting. But I found it also very helpful just in everyday tasting from an enjoyment perspective and then how you can ascertain, was it a hot climate? Was it a cold climate? That, that is excellent. You know, but one of the things we did at the winery before is uh, we have a set of black glasses. And that's one thing that I really recommend to oh, yeah. people. Yeah, it really uh, opens your eyes, no pun intended, when oh, you don't see what you're tasting. You really, It really sets it in your brain. I think it makes it more enjoyable. 
and it's a great just training tool. I mean, um, people get, sometimes get intimidated with the whole idea of tasting, but I always tell them, it's, it's, you know, we all have what it takes. Uh, you know, you just have to, you know, keep on training yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's one great way of, we just put like little standards in it, like, you know, a little piece of Meyer lemon or a little yeah, some that's wonderful. raspberries and let people smell and, and see if they can guess what's in it without looking inside. And, and people love that. We always have raffles for whoever guesses the most <laughs> correct correctly. But uh, on the more advanced level, uh, it's really fun putting a wine in there and asking people, okay, is it red or white? And see how hard it is yes. to tell without seeing the color mm-hmm. if you're smelling a red wine or a white. This makes your wine experience much more enjoyable. The education True. is not just about facts and figures. It's really about helping you discover your own palate and what you like. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, and it's no different than music. If you just stick to one type of music, you know, it's okay. Your experience is going to be limited. But if you, you know, I, I, I try to listen to hip-hop even though I didn't grow up with hip-hop. Right. You know, it's like you, you get, it's, it's educational and you'll, be, you'll surprise yourself on what you like or don't like. Right. Yeah, exactly. So expand your horizons. Expand your horizons. <laughs> so um, here's a way we've been expanding our horizons lately is a lot of people are doing virtual tastings because people haven't been able to come visit. Have you uh, ventured out into that area, Oded? We've done a little, and then we kind of saw that uh, without doing something more specific, mm-hmm. it just ends up being kind of repetition of everything. And the one thing I will just refuse to do is lecture people about what I'm tasting or feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's just, I don't like doing that. Right. So we're working now on two things that I'm trying to develop. One of them is actually, um, I want people to be able to taste the same variety, uh, young wine and older wine. So we're kind of digging through our library to, so that they can mm. see the progression. Oh, the aging potential. And, and, yeah. and how wines age, because I think that's the next step in kind of educating the American palate. Is right now... Most wines are drunk within days of purchase, but people who have a wine, a, a, an older, more mature wine tradition, like if you go to Europe, people actually have cellars that they, not for trophy, not you know, to impress people, but where they just age wine right. and go regularly and say, okay, when this wine is four years old, I'm going to start pulling bottles and drinking a bottle a month or whatever, because right. that's when it peaks. And that's the next fun experience, and that's what I'm doing at home, and that's what I'd like to show people that they can do. Um, our wine club members love when we have a sale of uh, library wines because we always keep some in the, uh, in the back. And the other one is possibly doing a blending seminar, but that that is very, very complex because, you know, you have to kind of bottle stuff and send it all over and let people blend right. their own with you in there. Well, I, I like that you're at least trying to think through something above and beyond just opening a bottle of wine and... Yeah, it. I think there has to be some kind of action beyond just the tasting. Right. You should do an Israeli cooking class and pairing with your Absolutely. wine. Absolutely. Actually, we, we're doing something now with a, a and that's, right now it's a private club where a, a chef is doing cooking classes to his network and they are doing it, uh, the, the next uh, one is with our wines and then we're kind of exploring um, doing those on a bigger scale and inviting the public to it. But, you know, we're trying to figure out how to manage it. Yeah, how to make it all work. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Cool. Planning ahead. So let's see. I think we're kind of wrapping up. I do want to mention that I have a uh, our item 
of the day, we have an item, and I'm wearing it, and that's why <laughs> it sounds maybe a little bit muffled in the interview, but we have super cute, they're sort of a cottony knit face masks, and everybody now has to have a stylish face mask. So this has our little Wine Road logo, and it says Sip Sonoma. And if you're a listener, and you send an email to info at wineroad.com, and send me your name and address, I will pop one of these in an envelope and mail you, so you can have your very own wine road face mask wherever in the world you are it's quite fetching if i do say so it looks great (laughs) it's super cute it's super comfortable i sent one to all of our winery members and i probably had 20 of them who found out my you know who made them and they ordered their own for their own wineries because they're they are really comfortable they're cute and we're stylish we're always stylish so if there's ever a time capsule from 2020 face masks and hand sanitizer Mm -hmm. will be in it I only just want to mention one more thing on our website, and that's uh, wineroad.com. We now have added next to, if you search for wineries, next to the winery name, there is a button that will link you directly to their reservation page because all the wineries do need you um, to call ahead of time or go online and, and, you know, book a a set time so that they can manage their traffic flow. So there you have it. I think that's it. Uh, I think that's it, Oded, unless there's anything else you want to tell us about. No, thanks. Um, and the best way to reach you is through longboard.com? Longboardvineyards.com. Longboardvineyards.com. We'll put that in the show notes. We'll put also a link to this beautiful Sauvignon Blanc in the show notes. Well, thank you. And, uh, and I'll take the rest of it home. <laughs> <laughs> and she'll go practice paddleboarding with her bottle of wine. Yeah. There we go. And we should do a sparkling wine tasting uh, yeah. in the next release. Yeah. That there sounds you go. terrific. Thank you so much uh, for, being for being our here. guest. And uh, we'll see you on the wine road. And thank you, and thank Beth for all the great work she's doing promoting the uh, wine road. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. All right, bye.